Welcome back to Held and Healed. This podcast is a resource filled with resources that will help you on your healing journey, more specifically for women who are rebuilding their lives after abuse and abusive marriages. I do not share my story publicly. I am not in a place yet where I have peace about doing that. But what I can say is that when you're familiar with the 13 patterns and systems of abuse that was shared in, I believe, episode 19, if you look through um, all those systems and patterns, I can tell you that I have experienced some, most of those things in my lifetime. So through my childhood and my adulthood, I have experienced all the systems and patterns of abuse in some form or fashion. And when I read off that list to people of examples in each category, there are very few that I cannot check. So that's just kind of my my disclaimer about my own personal story. I'm not in a space where I am ready to share publicly the specifics of what I have walked through in my life because of the backlash that will come. And I have great respect for the women who have gone before me and shared their stories and their stories have helped me tremendously. Um, And one-on-one at times I will share more specifics, but that's just where I am right now. I have come so far in my healing and do not have the energy to deal with the backlash that's going to come when I do share my story. So that is where I am for now. And um, I have peace about that. I can speak to um, the patterns and the systems of abuse. I can help other women recognize in their own lives without having to fully disclose my own story. So a resource that I want to share with you today is actually my own resource. So this is episode, I believe, 30. And I have shared very little about what I have to offer except for, you know, always inviting women into our group at the end of each podcast. I... I put in that um, invitation for Held and Healed Christian Women Rebuilding After Abuse, which is a fast-growing Facebook group that I facilitate. In that group, I share multiple things every single day, and there is incredible interaction back and forth with the women. The group is for women only, and that is just what I have decided for my group If you are a man who is rebuilding after abusive marriages and you want to um, be in a co-ed group, then I recommend Gretchen Baskerville's group, The Life-Saving Divorce. Um, The Life-Saving, hmm, it's on Facebook. Life-Saving, I think, for divorce, separated and divorced Christians. Something of that nature. But Gretchen does have a co-ed group that you are welcome to be a part of. But my group for my ladies is for women only. And we are not here to say that all men are um, abusers or all men are predators, but um, I just feel like a group that has 800 women in it who have been through what we've been through would be, um, yeah, it just is not a place I feel safe inviting any man into. And to the good men, I apologize for that, but that's just, um, that's just where I am right now. So in that group, I share um, very regularly from some of my favorite resources and advocates and authors and speakers, and then I share my own um, thoughts, experiences here and there. And I am very careful to vet um, to this point. The people that I share from are people that I believe are domestic violence informed and trauma informed and have an understanding of what abuse looks like. 
They are not shaming those who need to get away from abusive relationships. They're not fast-tracking forgiveness before they are emphasizing safety. Oh, my lands, it's so important that we make sure people are safe long, long before we ever bring up the forgiveness word. Let's just learn that and do better with that, people. Um, So I have just over the course of the last year seen the things that kind of work and the things that maybe don't work in my group or in other groups. And it kind of just caused me to say, okay, so what did you need, Heather? What did you need 20 years ago? What did you need 15, 10, or even five? So five years ago is when I was separated. November this month, five years ago is when I um, was first separated from my ex. And I was chronically ill, unable to even function, did not know if I was ever going to recover from this crazy virus that I picked up in another country. Doctors were forsaking me. My church was forsaking me. Um, I did not have family support. I had a few loyal friends that stood by me, and I thank God Almighty for those people. I did have a counselor. So basically, I had a couple of friends and a counselor. That, that was my support system. And so I was like, Heather, what was it that you needed in those moments? And so I started to develop a group coaching course based around 12 truths. 12, 12 truths that will, re, will renew your mind as you're rebuilding after an abusive marriage. And I take one truth each week and create a very short video because I've learned that with trauma brain, um, the attention span is quite short and anything that's over five minutes, I'm probably not going to watch it. Anything that's super lengthy and wordy, I'm probably not going to take the time to read it. If you will notice when I write on Facebook or when I write a blog post, I actually put space between every sentence. And some people might think that is crazy, but I do that because my brain does better when there's white space and I can separate out the lines and the words. And when words are all crammed together, they tend to do that in my brain as well. And I don't really focus and retain what I'm reading. And so in even the way that I write, and once I do begin writing books, as long as my editor will allow it, that's probably how I will write my books as well. When I go to open a book that has a lot of white space and has room to breathe, I feel like I'm mentally able to breathe. But when I open a book and it's just paragraph after paragraph and all the words are squished together, I kind of get discouraged and I'm not sure if I can get through it. So... This is why I write the way that I write, and I like to keep things simple. You will notice I don't use a lot of big words because I'm just a simple girl, and big words intimidate me, and when I am reading big words and I have to stop and look up what they mean, sometimes that deters me. I am not saying don't expand your brain. I'm not saying don't write eloquently. It's just my personal choice. So I started to create these 12 truths and they are things that I desperately needed for someone to say to me, but nobody did. (laughs) And so these come from probably two or three years of intense um, healing through reading and researching and listening to podcasts and also my certification that I was able to get from Give Her Wings Academy. That gave me a one, one and a half hour lesson per week 
with different voices and advocates and perspectives. I really, really love the foundation that Give Her Wings gave to me. It was through that academy that I met a lot of the advocates and the people that I now share. Um, I share their resources in my group and I share their resources here on my podcast. So I am so grateful to Give Her Wings for giving me that vast platform of just people, a foundation of so many people that are coming at this. We all have the same goal, but we may have different ways to get there. So I'm just going to share with you, this is ever evolving and we're in week seven in the first group that I launched. So this could even change um, by the time that I put the next five truths into the group. I may reformulate these or reframe these or reword these, but for right now, I thought I would just give you kind of a teaser of what we cover in this. So if you are a woman who is rebuilding after abuse, maybe you are still in the situation and you are not able to leave. Maybe you have in-home separation. Maybe you are physically separated. Maybe you are waiting for um, the divorce to be finalized, but things are being held up in court. That is, I know, that's just very painful to wait on that process. Maybe you are freshly divorced, getting ready to head into your first holiday, separated or divorced. These are things that I believe women need to know and need to hear when they're in that season. Also, a little side note, I am also creating some tips to help us navigate the holidays. That will be a separate offering that I give to my people. So stay tuned for that. I will be doing a podcast once I get that material and content um, solidified. But again, things that I wish I had known um, all along, honestly, it will help you to set some boundaries to deal with toxic relationships with extended family, as well as um, your ex or your, your abusers. So, all right. So I am just going to um, touch on each of these. I'm not going to go into great detail because the beauty of this and the real, the real meat of this is being part of the coaching. And I will share a link in the show notes for the new group. The new group will launch on Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern. And um, that will... Actually, I am not going to post that in notes. If you want more information about my next group that launches in December, please message me. So um, you can reach out to me at info at heatherelizabeth.org. That is probably a safer way to do this. So I want to keep these groups very safe and very private for these ladies. So if you want information, if you are a woman who is separated or divorced and you need tools and truths to help you navigate those waters, this would be a great place for you. And we will spend 12 weeks unpacking these truths in a group setting. We alternate between a Zoom on... Okay, let's let's do this. On the eve on the odd days, so weeks one, three, five, seven, nine, and eleven, we will do what we call a Facebook Live and a private group. And we will discuss the truth and have interaction. And on the even weeks, so two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, we will have a Zoom. And we will go into a little bit more community building. We'll share our wins with one another for the week and things that we're learning. It is so exciting to me to see how women are already giving themselves more compassion. They're already um, just understanding and getting clarity. And 
they're just being kind to themselves. Like we would be kind to anyone else going through this, but so often we are not kind to ourselves. And we expect ourselves just to get up and do the thing and pull yourself up by your bootstraps and put your big girl panties on and all the things that we've been taught that you have to do. Oh, trust the Lord. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We trust him. And yet life is still really, really, really hard. <clears throat> so just shouting those things at people is not helpful. All right. Truth number one. And we, um, I try to put these in a personal format so that they're speaking them over themselves. I encourage writing them down on Um, notes and posting them places if it's safe to do that so they can be reminded of these truths. Truth number one, God loves me and he wants me to be safe and well. That is foundational to all other truths that we're going to be building on. God loves me and he wants me to be safe and well. Truth number two, God loves me a person more than he loves my marriage an institution. So that is where we unpack the fallacies of doctrine and what we've been taught about God hating marriage, which so often translates God hates, sorry, God hates divorce. Sorry, I misspoke. When we hear the words God hates divorce, so often we translate in our minds, God hates me because I'm divorced. And actually neither statement is true. Hmm. Does that shake you a little bit? to know that the original translation never said God hates divorce. So we'll unpack that. And if you want some resources regarding that, Gretchen Baskerville is an incredible resource. You can just Google Gretchen Baskerville and God hates divorce and things will pop up. Also, Cindy Burrell is an excellent resource on that topic. And I just finished her book, Reformulating the Christian Marriage Counseling Model Where Abuse is Involved. And she also unpacks the fallacies of how that verse was translated for a short period of time and then how this whole doctrine came to be. God hates abuse. He hates the hardness of heart. He hates the things that lead to divorce. But divorce is actually his provision and a way out for people who need safety. Hmm, chew on that. God loves me a person more than he loves my marriage and institution. Number three, excuse me, abuse is so much more than broken bones and bruises. All right, that is a truth that we will say, but we will also unpack as people are ready and able, we will unpack the 13 patterns and systems of abuse in that. So again, you can go back to episode 19 to learn more about each pattern and system and examples within. Abuse is so much more than broken bones and bruises. Number four, there are three types of marriages, difficult, disappointing, and destructive. If my marriage is destructive, also known as abusive, marriage counseling is unsafe, unwise, and unethical. This is a really important thing that we began to grasp. Abuse is not a marriage problem. Abuse is a personal behavioral sin problem that needs to be addressed with that individual, not with the couple. When we put someone into a setting with their abuser, we are putting her in harm's way. And we will discuss more of why that is the case. Number five, self-care is not selfish. Mm. Wow. Again, in church, in the fundamental and evangelical and conservative communities that so many of us have been a part of, we've been taught all about sacrifice and laying down our lives and giving up our rights. And 
we actually forget to teach people that they have value and they have worth. And that if a woman does not take care of herself, she will burn out and she will be of no use to anyone. So we break down what self-care looks like. We talk about six or seven really important habits, healthy habits to have every single day. Um, and then we talk about planning ahead and planning for things that will bring us delight and joy, refresh and refuel and refill us. So self-care is not selfish. Number six, I set boundaries to respect myself and to honor my healing. <clears throat> Excuse me. I need my allergy blend this morning. Good old lavender, lemon, and peppermint. There's your little um, bonus tip for today. If you deal with seasonal allergies, lavender, lemon, and peppermint, ther pure therapeutic grade oils does the trick for me. All right, so let's do that again. Number six, I set boundaries to respect myself and to honor my healing. Boundaries are not to be vindictive. Boundaries are not to be punishment. Boundaries are for me to respect me and to give me a safe space around myself so that I can begin to heal. And if we allow toxic people to come at us constantly, we will never heal. Just think about a physical wound, okay? Think about having a really big open sore. I know this is a little bit graphic and gross, but think about having that on your leg. And if someone comes along and like pokes that with a stick, it is never going to heal. It is going to keep opening up. It's going to keep bleeding. It's going to get infected. It's going to fester. It could essentially like destroy your body. All right. If a staph infection or something like sets in, that one little wound could take out your entire life. And the same is true with our emotional being. If we are constantly being poked, poked, poked by these mean people and by the flying monkeys of the mean people, those wounds will not heal. So we set those boundaries to respect ourselves and to honor our healing. It's not about being mean or cruel or having the upper hand. It's about boundaries and respect and honor so that we can get well. Number seven, we just, oh, and also with the boundaries, um, <clears throat> coaching in that Zoom, we talk about the spoon theory. So if you are someone who is rebuilding your life after trauma and or you have chronic illness, please do yourself a favor and look up the spoon theory online. Again, all these resources and then some I share inside my group as well. Um, but we talk about how you are given X amount of energy or X amount of spoons in a day. Use them wisely because if you get out of bed, it, it will take a spoon. If you take a shower, it will take two spoons. If you go to work, eh, some diagrams a lot four spoons for that. But I'm thinking if you're working full-time outside your home, it's going to take a lot more than four spoons. So you need to be wise with how you're expending your energy and learn to say no. Okay, it's okay to ask for help. That's number seven. And that's the week that we just finished up with the group, the first group. And it's amazing to me, but not surprising, how many women have trouble and difficulty asking for help. So um, we talk about creating a village and a community and the different aspects and the different people that you're going to need in your village. And you basically ask them for a six-month commitment of XYZ. You come up with something that works for you that will help you heal. You come up with something that sets within their boundaries and their parameters. So for example, your counselor could be part of your village. 
and you say for the next six months, twice a month, I am going to need to have an appointment with you. That's one part of your village and your, your help, your support system. You may say to your best friend, I am going to be in this place of transition and I'm going to be a little bit extra needy for the next six months. This will not last forever, but for the next six months, can we talk on the phone for 20 minutes every whatever day that suits both of your schedules, okay? And if you say 20 minutes, keep it to 20 minutes because she has a lot going on in her life as well. So um, if she can't do every week, then what works for her? If it's every other week, that's fine. You may say to, if you have safe, and this is always, always, always preface with safe people, okay? You want safe people that are on your side. So this is not asking for help from abusers. It's not asking for help from enablers or flying monkeys of abusers. This is your safe people, okay? Your safe community. You may say to your safe family member, that you trust and you vetted and you know your kids are safe with, you may say, you know what, for the next six months, every Saturday morning, if you're able for two hours to watch the kids so that I can run errands by myself. All right, that's part of creating your village. Maybe two different people can alternate that so that one person doesn't have to do it. But you gather with your people and you say, what can you do for the next six six months to help me get through this really, really hard, traumatic season of transition and you spread it out so that one person isn't feeling the weight of all of that. All right, week number eight, we're going to talk about our strengths. Did you know that survivors are strong and compassionate and loving and forgiving and There's some misunderstanding around the word long-suffering, but many of us have suffered long, so I will just say it in that context. There are very few women that I have met that have walked the road that I have walked that are not amazing human beings because abusers are attracted to people for their strengths, for their compassion, for their, their minds are a lot of times very smart women. It is crazy how we were duped into believing that something was wrong with us and that's why someone abused us. So we are here to flip the script and say that because of your strengths, that may be what attracted them to you because they saw this gem in you. Sadly, they abused that and they misused that and they exploited that. But truth number eight is I am strong and I have strengths I've yet to discover. I am strong and I have strengths I have yet to discover. That is truth. You are strong. You survived. The closest thing that most of us will ever come to hell is hell on earth and being in an abusive thing, a relationship here on the earth. You have survived that. You have come through it and you have strengths you don't even know you have. If someone had told me five years ago that I would be facilitating a group for almost 900 women, that I would be doing this group coaching, that I would be thinking about and dreaming about four different books that I want to write. If someone had told me that I would start a podcast to share about healing resources for people, if someone had told me that I would take the plunge to start a nonprofit or that I would host retreats for women who have been through this, I would have been like, yeah, whatever. I can't even get off the couch right now. In five years, so much has changed. 
my body, my mind, and my spirit have been strengthened and healed. And I am doing things I never dreamt of doing. Or I dreamt of doing those things and then life came in and shut me down and I felt like I could barely breathe. I felt like I could not even function, much less help anybody else. And I am here to say to you, dear one, you are strong and you have strengths you've yet to discover. I speak that over you. I speak that truth over you. And I call forth the healing power of Jesus in your life and that you will walk in the destiny that he's created you for. Truth number nine, God sees all, hears all, and knows all. I do not have to prove to him that I was abused. I'm going to read that again. God sees all, hears all, and knows all. I do not have to prove to him that I was abused. I just added this one in this week because I think this is really important for women to get. Maybe you feel like you have to prove to your pastor or your family or your neighbors or your friends or your kids that you've been through this, but you don't have to prove it to God. You do not. He saw it all, he heard it all, and he knows it all, and his heart is grieved that his precious daughter was treated that way. And then you ask me, so why didn't he do something? I get that. I understand that. That is a valid question. He didn't step in, he didn't intervene, or maybe he did in some way that you didn't see, but he cannot make anyone do anything because he created us with free will. And that's really hard sometimes to understand But if he was able to just come in and stop and change and bop someone over the head and change the course of their actions or the consequences of their actions, he would not be giving us free will. And so do I sometimes ask him, God, why did you create us with free will? Yeah, I do ask that question. But God sees all, hears all, and knows all. I do not have to prove to him that I was abused. That is a really important truth. Number 10, I am worthy of love, safety, honor, respect, and fidelity. Dear sister, if you're listening today and you do not know this, I speak this over you. You are worthy of love, safety, honor, respect, and fidelity. God created you. He loves you. He rejoices over you with singing. He delights in you. He quiets you with his love. Zephaniah 317 is one of my absolute favorite verses. It's hanging on the wall in my living room where I sit almost every day. And I'm reminded of that truth. There are so many scriptures that tell us how valuable we are to our Heavenly Father. And then we get into relationships with abusers and our worth and our value is just stripped down to nothing. And I want to help rebuild women in their just knowing that they are valuable. They're worthy. That they deserve all these things and so much more. You are worthy of love, safety, honor, respect, and fidelity. Number 11, and I may combine these two and sneak another one in yet, but who knows. For right now, number 11 sits at My Story Matters, okay? And this is going to be where we talk about finding safe places to share our stories. I do not recommend going and blasting your story all over social media. If you are in a place where you can do that and it's safe for you to do that and you have weighed the consequences of what that's going to mean in relationships, that is between you and God. I'm not here to tell you that you can't do that. But for most women, especially when things are fresh, sharing publicly is not safe and it's not wise. So 
What does it mean? So Sherry, stories shared in safe places can accelerate your healing. But I emphasize the safe places. And sometimes it's very hard to figure out where the safe places are. So if you have a trauma-informed counselor, a domestic-informed counselor, uh, a domestic violence-informed counselor, if you have someone in a spiritual leadership position over you who is trauma-informed, domestic violence-informed, that may be a safe place. But if they are not domestic violence-informed or trauma-informed, I say, please don't. Please don't. Because so often the damage that is done in those places um, re-victimizes, re-traumatizes the victim. So... Um, coming into our group is a safe space. I do not tolerate, um, bullying. I do not tolerate, um, recently someone made a comment about, um, adultery being the only grounds for divorce biblically. And I was like, well, clearly you're not in the right group because that's not what we believe at all. We believe that God created divorce as a way to save his daughters from abuse. And so if you don't agree with that, this is not going to be the place for you. So we don't tolerate, um, I do not tolerate people being unkind or disrespectful. And it's been amazing to me how we are approaching the 900 mark. I think we have like 850 or 860 some. How we're approaching that, we're a year in, and there's only been maybe two or three conversations that got a little bit sideways in all of that time. And we are talking about dozens of women every day interacting, hundreds of women reading, That's pretty incredible. It just goes, again, to show the heart of these women. It goes to show that they are respectful and kind and they don't want to be one more person who causes someone else to hurt. And if we do, we want to make it right. So we've had very respectful dialogue. We don't agree on everything. We don't. Like, we are coming at this from so many different angles. We don't agree 100%, 100% of the time, but that's okay. So your story matters and we're going to learn how to share like the outline or the frame of our story without going into the gory details. Details are very triggering and traumatic for other survivors and they can also be triggering and traumatic for us. So just speaking as like an outline or a timeline of your story and giving some of the facts when you are with someone who is safe. Now with your counselor and with other people that are support people, you can you can dig deeper into the emotions. But when you're just in a group for a short period of time and you just want to give that framework of your story. And then for now, I have number 12 is my story isn't over. But I may, again, combine those two and sneak another one in there. But my story isn't over. So we're not done. We are not finished. And if I can do this while I am recording, I am not great at multitasking. I'm going to try to pull up a post that I read yesterday and share that with you because it was very much speaking to this. And it's from an advocate that I just interviewed last week and um, Patrick Weaver. And if you do not follow him yet on social media, especially on Facebook, I encourage you to do so. His posts are so encouraging to my women who are rebuilding their lives. Um, Sorry, I'm scrolling and trying to talk at the same time, which clearly I'm not great at doing. But he was just sharing about this concept of our stories not being over. And we sometimes, God will allow us to get out of dangerous and toxic situations 
so that we can see our worth, see our value, and begin to rebuild our lives. And um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it. <clears throat> There's so many great posts in here. I just want to read all the posts that I've, that I've shared. Blah, 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 blah. All right, thank you for bearing with me. This is not professional for me to be, like, scrolling. Um, but just sharing about the stories, I believe, of Joseph and others that, you know, their story, if you... If you had just heard their their story, like in the middle, it wouldn't have been very encouraging. Um, if you had just heard their story, maybe three fourths of the way in, it wouldn't have been super encouraging. But if you wait until the story is over and God has the final word, um, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it. Well, here's a quote I'll read from him. <laughs> this was also shared yesterday. It's really simple. We won't negotiate you abusing my daughters or sister. If I won't let you abuse mine, I won't agree with you abusing someone else's if in any kind of way. God didn't tell me to just defend my own. God says, seek justice, defend the oppressed. It's that simple. Love his heart. <laughs> I love his heart. It's that simple, but it's not that simple. You know, you know. So, in this example he was sharing about we don't stop in the middle of someone's story. We don't stop in the middle of our story. So um, I'm not able to find it right now, but you can go to his page and you can scroll to yesterday, November the 2nd, and you can find the story that he was sharing. Um, I just want to help women understand that there is so much coming and there's so much ahead. And just like I shared my own story, like... Five years ago, I had no idea all the things that God was going to call me to and all the things he was going to give me the strength to do. So if you are still in that place where you cannot um, function, you cannot get out of bed, you cannot um, put one foot in front of the other, like don't despair. Do not despair because God still has so much for you. And he is going to, um, he's going to walk with you. All right. Is this it? No. No, I can't find it. I'm still looking. <laughs> I'm still looking. Here it is. I found it. Persistence. Now, if I click on this, will I actually get it? All right, here we go. Written by Patrick Weaver on November the 2nd, yesterday. Sometimes God has to separate you from a place and people for a season so that he can reposition you to win for a lifetime. I don't know who this is for, but God has separated and isolated you for a season. Separation and isolation don't always feel good, but it always works together for your good. Your season of divine separation is for your protection. Your separation is a setup for your come up. Some people say for your comeback, but he says for your come up. Put this in your spirit. Moses had to be separated from his mother after birth and floated up the river alone in a basket for a season. When you need, what you need to know, Moses' season of separ divine separation and isolation was for his protection. The Bible declares, then Pharaoh gave this order to give his people every Hebrew boy that is born, you must throw into the Nile but let every girl live. God has separated you to protect the anointing on your life, to move you into position for his divine plan for your life. When you rock with God, you have to embrace divine separation. This is your basket season. You're alone, but you're covered. 
Ooh, I like that. You're alone, but you're covered. You don't have anybody, but you do have God. The season is necessary for the anointing on your life. You will understand why God has separated you when you see how high God elevates you. Stay in faith. God is going to blow your mind. So it wasn't about Joseph. It was about Moses. So that is just one little example of speaking truth over someone and helping them understand their story isn't over. So wherever you are right now in your own life, wherever your kids are, um, speak that over them too. Their story isn't over. Your story isn't over. God has so much. So those are 12 truths that we unpack in group coaching. And if you are a woman who needs to know these truths and needs to create some community, you will be invited into a Facebook group. That's where we share the videos every week. And then we share the schedule for the Zooms and the Facebook Lives. After your 12 weeks are over, you go into an alumni group where all this same information is organized and stored. And eventually there will be a vault on my website so that people who don't even have Facebook could have this information at their fingertips in time. Not there yet. You will have an opportunity to create community and get resources that go along with each week and each truth. So if you need this in your life, our new group launches on December the 11th, please reach out to me at info at heatherelizabeth.org and I will send you the link to register. As always, ladies, you are welcome to join us on Facebook at Held and Healed, Christian Women Rebuilding After Abuse. And I pray that even as you've been listening to these truths today, that something has gone into your spirit and held you and comforted you and caused you to see that you have value, you have worth, and that God loves you. He always has loved you, and I'm sorry, and he is sorry that you've endured the abuse that you have. And that you can find a safe place to begin to heal and grow. So um, I just pray for you today that you will feel held even as you are being healed. Blessings. Mm-hmm.